1: This week's episode of the Pure Hoops podcast, BJ Armstrong, yours truly, Eric Newman are back. We are joined by special guest Mark Medina of USA Today from the bubble in Orlando. Uh, A lot of really good stuff in this episode, including uh, the process in which Mark has had to quarantine, what has gone into the uh, technology part of this with the NBA, which is some fascinating stuff, the steps they're taking to ensure everyone in the bubble, player personnel, media, are safe, and of course, then getting to the basketball part, which is becoming more and more exciting each day. To think about uh, all the action that we're going to have to watch, to discuss the storylines, and uh, we delve into some of that here uh, on the show, talking about, of course, uh, the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Sixers, and some other fascinating basketball storylines as the league is getting ready to restart in Orlando from the bubble. Uh, at the end of July. So have a listen. Hope you enjoy. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. So BJ, um, it's been an interesting ride to this point. And uh, before we welcome our uh, our guest today, our first guest from the bubble. It finally hit me the other day that we're gonna have nonstop NBA basketball to watch, and it, it's just like a a switch was was flicked. Looking at the schedule, what what's been your mindset around the, the fact that we're gonna have Pacific time? I think looking at it every day on average, eleven thirty a.m. 6 p.m. hoop on every day
2: well it's 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 a it's a basketball dream to have you know to have the opportunity to watch games kind of like all day it kind of reminds me more of the ncaa tournament you know that the first week or so of the ncaa tournament there's just game after game after game now how long will that continue um you know, over the span, we're talking about, you know, not just the NCAA tournament, which is a month or so uh, we're talking three and a half months and uh, you know, we'll see. And uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to make for an interesting brand of basketball. The talent and the players have to get themselves adjusted to the, the style, the physicality, getting in the correct condition or the right condition that they need to be in But it should be very interesting, especially at the beginning. I I think there are a lot of basketball fans who are craving, you know, to watch the game, watch some five on five play. And uh, there are a lot of sports fans that just want to see some competition. So uh, we'll see. And, um, you know, it's 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 going to be a fascinating view, I should say, because, you know, we don't know really what to expect. Uh, for, for many sure. of us who are nba fans for
1: sure well let's uh let's, let's get uh literally the guru's view from the bubble usa today's own mark Redina. mark welcome to the pure hoops podcast great to have you F- fill us in our guy how's it going down there oh man i'm honored to be back on with you guys guru i didn't know how
0: that nickname came about but i'll take it um <laughs> but things things are all good all considered. Um, you know it's a unique setup. I'm quarantined right now at my hotel room. I've been here since Sunday, and I'm gonna be in quarantine up until I believe next Monday, and I'll get out of that so long as I keep getting negative tests. So far, it's been four of them, so that's good, but you gotta keep having a perfect record, right? Um, so you know it's a unique setup. I literally can't leave the room. I get meals delivered three times a day. I get tested in the afternoon. Um, but the reality is, you know, I'm not going to be complaining about it. I'm healthy. I'm working. Um, I have plenty to keep myself busy because there's Zoom calls, interviews to do, articles to write, opportunities to jump on podcasts like yourself. So, you
2: know, I'm taking it and running with it. You know, Mark, um, can you take us kind of an inside view, if you will, of the process from when you entered and kind of you said you're in quarantine now and talking with the players i've heard from the players perspective but can you take our listeners behind the scenes of the your perspective in the media and kind of what you're going to be allowed to do and some things you probably you know you're not you know you're not sure of because you know you're just getting down there
0: yeah it's a good question bj um well First we had to apply and get approved. Thankfully I covered the MBA and I work with a reputable outlet with USA Today so that helped. But they were also looking to see what your medical history was. And so I had to fill out that. Fortunately, you know, knock on wood. I've I've had a very clean bill of health the last five years or so, uh, where I haven't even had to like make a doctor's visit beyond just, hey, just do your routine checkup sort of deal, right? And I had tested for COVID in May um, only because in LA they've been giving free tests. So I figured there's no harm in getting one. So I was able to report it came negative. So that was hurdle number one. And then the the process from there was this, they wanted all the reporters to get in by early Sunday afternoon so they could get testing underway. And the logistics of that, uh, it's hard to pull off for me because I am, based in LA and so I flew a day early on Saturday and settled into a, a hotel near the airport and then the MBA made arrangements for them to, uh, for a driver to pick me up there around lunchtime and I felt like I was being whisked from one place to another first we're going through all these different security checkpoints where you know law enforcement folks were you know, checking to see, hey, what's the purpose of this drop-off? Who are you, and all that. So once we got through all that, we had to check in uh, with my name, get get a health kit, get a Disney Magic Band, which I can explain later. Um, but after that, I was then whisked to my hotel at Coronado Springs. Um, and once I was there, I got a, a early window on how they're handling the Disney employees, which I've I already learned about because I talked with some of the union folks a few weeks before that where they stress they've been trained to be out of sight and only go on, go into the hotels when they know teams aren't around. Um, And that was what happened with me. I was I was looking for an employee just so I could get help with my bags. And finally, I was able to find one and they brought a birdcage over, did the whole sanitizing deal brought my luggage up. They took the elevator while I took the stairs. And by the time I got to the the floor, got outside my door, they had already left the bags outside and they were out of sight. And so literally the moment I jumped or I took the luggage and went to the room, that was Sunday afternoon. I haven't been out since because I'm under quarantine. And the ironic part is this, the NBA wanted us to get there early because they were trying to get testing, but I, I didn't get my test until 10.30 that night because uh, there were you know, just logistical delays because a lot of the staffing were handling the NBA personnel at the different hotels, but each day since then, um, they've there's been remarkable improvement with when they've showed up to my room. And the last few days they've, they've arrived, you know, around 4:30 Eastern time each day. So I think that's a small window and there's a lot of different inconveniences, logistics, but it seems like they have the right system in place and they continue to chip away at making the operations better day by day.
1: I'm trying to envision what it's like living in this dystopian bubble and being <laughs> shuffled from place to place. And, you know, Mark, I'm actually in LA right now. I came out here to uh, do some, you know, film and producing work, um, which is what I do day to day. But I, I spent 92 days quarantined in New York City. Um oh, Pretty wow. much just. on on lockdown and taking little walks and just being very safe and very cautious so you guys are living it to like the ultimate extreme right now without even being able to leave the room but it's good to hear that the NBA keeps getting better and better every day because as I'm sure we can attest to here like there's got to be expected uh, human error with something like this And, and that leads me to uh, my next question, which is about uh, technology. And you, you wrote a piece that uh, that just came out uh, about how the NBA is using technology to uh, to maintain control and organization in the bubble. Can you can you share with us what you learned in putting this piece together? Yeah,
0: um, you know, some of it I learned just by experience because I'm part of this. So every day we have to get on our phone and and log into a, a my health MBA app. And what you do there is you fill out a questionnaire of reporting symptoms and it's all the things that the CDC has recommended. So, you know, it's reporting any sort of cough or loss of smell, you know, any breathing problems, all the above there. And then you take uh, your temperature, you log that in, You then put your finger into a pulse oximeter, which uh, measures your oxygen levels. You put that in there. And then uh, there's also data that's stored from your previous um, COVID-19 tests. And the turnaround time for that is typically 12 to 15 hours. So you put all that in, and the theory is once you put all that data in, you'll get a bunch of boxes and they're all supposed to be checked green. And if any of them are checked red, it means you, if you're not under quarantine, you should stay in your room. And some health official will be in contact and also come to your room. And so that's a preventative way that the MBAs try to design from minimizing the chance of anyone that might be feeling under the weather to leave the room. Um, And also, this is part of their data collection. And so you do all that. Then you have this Disney Magic Band, which is like a wristwatch, and there's like a Mickey Mouse icon on
1: there. Of course there is.
0: Uh, Of course, it's Disney, right? (laughs) They're good at the branding, right? (laughs) So it, it, it serves as a hotel room key, so I'm sure BJ can attest to it. I can attest to it. When I've been on the road. A lot of times I I lose a key. I forget what floor I'm on here. It's impossible because you're wearing it whenever you're out. Um, So that's convenient. But the bigger part of this Disney Magic Band is this ties all the data together where, um, to be clear, I talked with, and it's noted in the piece, folks in the NBA. The data is not stored on this band, but what it does is they're setting up security checkpoints where say you go onto the team bus or you're heading to the convention center, you're heading to one of the practice facilities, any of those public team venues that you have to go to, there's a security checkpoint where you have to put your Disney magic band and a light will pop up. And so again, the data is not stored on the, on the watch and they're not tracking specific locations. It's almost kind of the inverse where they have a location you check in and these are, Designated team locations that they'll all be for practices and all that, and different team functions. Once you check into that, then it's relayed. Hey, this person checked in, and then the health officials will look up that person's profile, and if they see that any of their you know daily questionnaires weren't up to snuff, that'll alert them that they need to send health people to that site. And it and what will set it off is it could be because someone tested negative and you know they weren't they didn't stay in the room or maybe it's something as innocuous as the person forgot to fill out their questionnaire that day and they want to alert hey we need you to do this so we have the most up to speed and accurate data so um it's interesting stuff i mean the begin the at the end of the day the bigger and more important things are the testing and everyone following the rules with social distancing, wearing your mask and keeping your hands clean, but the technology part supplements or complements this all together where it, it makes it easier to, to have all the information uh without doing any sort of privacy invasion, so to speak. It's all simply health and, and nothing more.
2: You know, wow, Mark, what a this sounds incredible. I have a two part question here. One, how impressed are you with this entire process? I mean, the attention to detail sounds amazing. And yeah. what are you most looking forward to once you are cleared from the quarantine and getting out of your room? What are, what are what are you most you know, what are you looking forward to most doing? Yeah, I
0: you know, my experience so far on this trip, DJ, it's kind of confirmed what I saw ahead of time where you know the health and safety protocol it's 113 pages it seems like it covers everything and things you didn't think of but I'm also I'm also someone who doesn't want to ever feel like they know it all and they have all the answers and I'm not a, a medical expert right so one thing that my colleague Jeff Zilga and I did is we once we got the document we reached out to different health experts gave them the document to look at for a you know, one or two days. And then the idea was to interview them on their takeaways on it. Good, bad. What are the blind spots? What are the concerns? What impresses you? And philosophically, they were very impressed uh, so much that one health official told us that this is the most comprehensive thing he's seen um, at any level, like much more than at the government level. And now, you know, that's that Shocking. Could open up a whole wide discussion of, wow, this is a very bad sign on how the government's handled it. But from the NBA, they feel like they cover the bases. Now, that being said, one concern and I'm sure BJ might be able to attest to this, one concern the health officials had is something that NBA folks have echoed too, is that what, what about the Disney employees? Why are they not getting tested? Why are they allowed to be in the bubble but they're not quarantined and it's fair questions right and i dug into more on the disney end on why they're doing the things they're doing um disney didn't comment but i talked with the union officials and you know they're they're trying to represent the worker they're not the the ceo bean counters right And, and they they said two things here. They said, look, in theory, it sounds nice about requiring everyone to get tested or not tested, but be quarantined. But the reality is you're talking about thousands of employees, so that they're going to take up all the property, number one. Number two, they are minimum wage workers, and a lot of them are single parents. Like, it's just very logistically challenging to pull that off, and they were okay with that because of different parameters they negotiated where they were required to do the the daily symptom temperature checks before work at home when they get to the site and that they're also going to be paid for any sick days related to covid or not related to covid to reduce and, and frankly eliminate any financial incentive to show up to work without feeling well and then the the other part is that they've been trained uh not to be around any NBA personnel at all, like be out of sight completely. And so they get the schedule of what every team's itinerary is. And they're only at the hotel cleaning the rooms when they're not around. Um, and then the testing part, Adam Silver has said that he's willing to, or he's talking with Disney about getting testing in, you know, frankly, Disney Thought it was too expensive, and thought because of all the other things they put in place, it wasn't necessarily needed. But from my understanding, that has changed at least for some of the employees that are there more frequently. But I think even with all of this, I'm, I'm impressed with the setup. It seems like they're doing all the right things. But this is a pandemic that has that has killed what on over 130,000 people. And there's been a lot more infections and cases, so we're talking from now until October. It's not to say that anything's risk-free, but I feel like given all this screwy set of circumstances, it's as safe as can be. But I will stress that, you know, I feel comfortable with this setup. But the reality is this: I'm my job is much different than what the players are doing. Like in a way it's easier for me to follow these rules and not be around people because all I really need is a laptop and a phone. And, you know, these guys are competing on the court. They're around people a lot more often because they're in meetings. So, I mean, so much respect for anyone who's willing to do this, but also so much empathy and support for any of the players that have decided, you know what? I'm not signing up for this because, There's a lot of risk here, but with all that said, what I'm looking forward to is that once I'm out of quarantine, I'll be out of the room. There's still only so much I can do. I can go to practices, observe, socially distant. Uh, The scrimmages, I think, start on the 23rd. So I'll start going to those, checking them out. I'll be able to go to the arenas uh, once the games start on the 30th. And then I'll be able to go to the press conferences afterwards but it's you know there's going to be a lot of different barriers with making sure everyone's observing the rules and all that stuff so i feel like it'll be a small relative step toward normalcy but it's still it's still going to be different than it was in years past and you know frankly given what we're under like i'm not complaining what bit at all about it but i'll have to just make the adjustments because it's inevitable it'll be different
1: this is so fascinating mark to hear and, and thank you for all the details all the different things that need to happen to get to the basketball and um and and you said it this is going until uh, october and it's beyond impressive what the league is doing what what frightens me and bj we've talked about this in weeks prior is just you know it's human error and uh and and hoping that that can be avoided in a way where everybody uh or or where nobody's health is at risk but it sounds like that things are off to a good start um and you know wrapping our head around the basketball uh we've got guys that um have elected not to come we've got guys that uh unfortunately uh there's a an injury to uh, Rajan Rondo, who's out six to eight weeks. Avery Bradley, of course, not coming. As we're looking at this through the the Lakers lens for a moment, um, you know, with the Lakers down, these uh, these vets in the backcourt, how how is that going to affect them uh, in their chase for the title?
0: I, I think it's significant because you you know, as much as you need healthy and effective superstars, you need effective and healthy role players and. Avery Bradley was arguably their best perimeter defender. And Rondo, I know you know, he's at a different stage of his career, but he was showing still signs rondo. progress.
1: Play still you want rondo. that you want playoff Rondo in that bubble, right, B J? You gotta have playoff oh, exactly. rondo in that bubble.
2: For sure. For sure. Exactly.
0: But I will say this, I mean, on a human level, you don't you don't wanna ever wish this upon anyone, obviously, but It's just the reality at stake. Teams are going to be going through, you know, roster fluctuations from here till the beginning of the season starts and during. So I really hesitate to, you know, react one way or the other as of now to a team's depth chart because I feel like other teams are going to go through that. And the only time I will react very significantly is when it then affects a superstar where they're out for a substantial period of time. So I think for the Lakers, as long as LeBron and AD are healthy and, you know, all counts suggest that they've been handling everything well with their regimen and their conditioning, they're still in the contending mix. And you don't hope for it again, but you almost have to expect the inevitable that The other teams in that mix will experience some sort of situation as well with an injury or a player you know one key player just you know having a lot of rust and so in a very twisted way like some of these things kind of even out because everyone's experiencing this this very tough ordeal here um but yeah it's it's going to be a weird season because I, I don't think i'm speaking out of turn here like the quality of play is not going to be certainly as good as it was before because guys haven't played since march but i think at the same time you know guys are richer to the play there's a, intriguing playoff matchups and so i think that it'll still be captivating because you'll see the effort is there the the want is there but these are these are very tough variables that, that teams have to manage here.
2: You know, Mark. Um, you know, we've come to expect so much from LeBron James and the star players um, that you mentioned. Who, if anyone, you feel on the Lakers team can actually step up and fill those shoes of an Avery Bradley or Rajon Rondo? Because this this their absence is going to call is going to create an enormous amount of pressure if you will, on LeBron James to carry even more of a load. So who player or players you think can fill those shoes to fill the the gap and miss, you know, those key role players that they were counting on?
0: Yeah, I'll be frank. I don't think that they have the players that can fill those roles because of how unique Bradley and Rondo are. But I think that they do have a – Decent by committee options where you'll have a combination of, of Danny Green and JR Smith and Dion Waiters and Alex Caruso. Kuzma will probably get even more minutes, uh, might even have some ball handling responsibilities and inevitably, even though it's not their positions, this puts even more, you know, burden for LeBron and AD. Um, I don't think it's going to be easy, but at the same time, the Lakers have had. This has seemed to be their whole theme this year, where things have come up, whether it's uh, you know role players getting settled in, uh, you know adjusting to a new coaching staff, adjusting to new lineups, dealing with Kobe's tragedy, um, and dealing with this. And you know these are very heavy things, and you don't want to trivialize them. But you know it does fall under that. This whole season, they've dealt with a lot of very tough circumstances that they've had to navigate, whether it's just simply on-court typical basketball stuff or larger things. Um, So I'm confident that they can figure out a way to make that happen by committee, but I certainly don't think that they they have any players waiting in the wings that can fill Avery and Rondo's shoes just on their own.
1: I'm envisioning LeBron James playing his point LeBron position with Deion Waiters, Jr. Smith, Kyle Kuzma, and Anthony Davis on the floor, and it could be uh, it could be an assist paradise for LeBron. I'm I'm, I'm really <laughs> I'm really intrigued how they're going to now uh, reshape some of these lineups. But you know, Mark, it's um, it's a sprint to the playoff seeds. And as you said, you you don't know what you're going to get right away in terms of style and quality of play, but this, we know the Lakers could see one of the following three teams in the first round, the, the Grizz with John Morant, the Pelicans, of course, loaded up with Zion and Ingram and everybody else. Um, and of course the Portland trailblazers led by Dame Lillard, where Avery Bradley would be very, very valuable. Um, which one do you think would be the most fun to watch of those three? Pelicans, Grizzlies, Blazers against the Lakers in the first round. Well, I don't think you could go wrong with any of them,
0: but if I had to pick, I it would certainly be the Pelicans because I mean, you, you just have storylines galore with Zion Williamson going up against LeBron, they had some fun moments uh during regular season matchups. You have Anthony Davis facing his former team, you have a lot of the Pelicans' young core, that was previously the Lakers' young core, and and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. So I think that would be the most entertaining. And, and you saw during the regular season that, I mean, clearly the Lakers were the better team, but the Pelicans didn't seem to be afraid of them, and they were very aggressive in wanting to go at them. So I think... I think it could be one of those things almost like what the Lakers experienced 10 years ago against the Oklahoma City Thunder where this was their this was their good challenging first round matchup against a young up and coming team yeah. that you know has the youth and the, the potential and the athleticism to you know maybe take one or two games but you know at the end of the day they just don't have the same experience and the duo that is LeBron and AD, but I know covering it's obviously completely different circumstances. But I know generally that year, you know, they the Lakers were talking a lot about that Thunder team, thinking two things: one, hey, we're probably going to see this team a lot more, you know, in years to come, and number two, this really helped sharpen ourselves for the the next few rounds of the playoffs because if they felt if they had, you know, maybe saw a different team that they would have slept walk, slept walk through it and maybe not as been as engaged in the next few rounds. So I, I think that would, that could certainly be in the cards with this one.
1: Yeah. And BJ, before you jump in here, can you imagine what, uh, the TV people are gonna to need to do in terms of the, the delay <laughs> and hearing the chatter on the floor of those teams play. Like the shit I mean, that's that's, going to that's be, what, uh, the, the,
2: shit,
1: the shit that's gonna be talked if the Pelicans play the Lakers and what the microphones are gonna pick up is going to be unbelievable. That's why I'm
2: watching the game. That's all I want to I just want to hear the trash talking that will be and uh yeah yeah uh, 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 that should be fun. And uh but Mark I, I before we let you get out of here I have to ask you about the most intriguing team for me in the NBA, the city of brotherly love. We have to talk about the Sixers. I find them so intriguing. They have my, they've captured my imagination with their versatility in particular, Ben Simmons. They've taken their point guard and now they've, you know, coach Brown said, we're going to put him at the power forward position. What's the expectations of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and the Sixers because some had them coming out of the east at the beginning of the season. I just find them to be fascinating. I they have talent, they have size, they get a great great free agency free agent pickup over the summer last summer with Al Horford and for some reason it hasn't meshed there. What are you expecting from uh you know, the the Sixers down there as we uh, restart the season. Yeah, it's interesting you
0: brought up the Sixers because while a lot of teams might be struggling off the gate from this, you know, halted season, they might be one of these teams that are wild cards that might actually benefit because, you know, Simmons and Embiid from all accounts have gotten fully healthy since the season came to a halt in March. And I I think, obviously, that's a huge barrier, number one. But the the other thing is I think it provided all parties a lot of self-reflection where there seemed to be kind of a tug and pull of, you know, why isn't this working? Is it because Ben and Joel are struggling to coexist? Is it the personnel on the floor? You know, is it because they don't have the same amount of shooters as they had? The previous year when JJ Redick was there you know is it the coaching schemes and I think from what I gather is that during this time you know they brainstormed a lot and they kind of came to grips where everyone wanted to be open and help the other party out but I will say at the same time this does sound like kind of every team's optimism when they're opening training camp and everything's good. So I will have to wait and see. I think the health thing, no doubt, makes things a lot easier. But I feel like the Sixers, they've done a good job of saying the right things, but they haven't always done the right things. But this is a good opportunity now that health no longer seems to be as much of an issue for uh, their star guys
1: that Al Horford contract is is not going to sit well over time for Philadelphia and uh Mark uh I'm a lifelong Celtics guy so uh when when Horford went to Philly after 5 minutes of free agency I was uh as you can imagine uh incredibly irritated and for most <laughs> for most of the season I've been incredibly amused how it hasn't worked um but well, Eric, you're, t- always you're always
2: irritated. You're always <laughs>
1: irritated. <laughs> That's what happens when you spend mm-hmm. most of your life in New York. Um, but it's intriguing to think about just getting to the X's and O's and um, court spacing and Simmons' versatility and how he can play off Embiid and vice versa. And I was reading um, just how hopeful they are and how imp- impressed with. Simmons in this position and let's be honest when they're locked in defensively and they're running and he is and he's leading the charge in transition they are very difficult to deal with and when um he's got the ball in the right spots in the half court and making things happen and Embiid is not drifting out to the line all the time um To me, this team needs to just simplify what they're doing and they should pound the ball inside. And, you know, Mark, let me ask you this regarding whether it's the Sixers, uh, the Lakers, Denver, anybody who's got some, some good size or the ability to create matchup problems, obviously the Clippers post up their wings. Do you see teams at the beginning just simplifying things, going after the matchup and just going at it time and time again, because that to me is a a logical place to start here when things are not exactly in rhythm as they were uh, before the league stopped in March.
0: Yeah, what I gather is is coaches are trying to really streamline practices where they're not running guys into the ground because, you know, they, they know that after not playing five on five for four months, that can wear on you. So it's an interesting contradiction where they want to accelerate their conditioning, but they don't want to do it too fast because then they get hurt. Um, and also, as far as reintroducing concepts and schemes, it's very vanilla. I think you know because because a lot of the coaches, frankly, aren't here. You know, there was a you know there's a traveling party limit for thirty four people, and you know a lot of teams, I think made the right decision to load up on players so they have full 17, knowing that there might be guys in and out of the lineup and medical personnel because of the injuries. So they've simplified the coaching stuff, and it's now a matter of how much can we knock the rust off. So I think really, especially at the beginning of these games, it's going to be about who's in the best shape, and which skill players can take advantage of that the most so you know i i think because of that you can have teams on both ends of the spectrum take advantage where say you have the sixers joel Embiid. maybe it's not conventional in today's NBA to be all about being in the post but there's not a lot of people that can stop joel right uh but then you look at the rockets where you know, they shoot a lot of threes as is. I mean, that's a nice recipe as a team's trying to get back into shape to just rely on the the three ball to get some buckets, right? And so I think everything is on the table as far as style of play um, schematically simply because it's inevitable that most teams are going to be laboring uh, through the, the beginning of these games and possibly even into the postseason
1: mark this was great um thank you for the time this was uh i mean we gotta we gotta do this again we gotta do the the segment the bubble guru bj what do you think I <laughs> tell he's my personal guru I don't know if I
2: want to share him with everyone he's my guru so uh, well it's, it's so it's, much Mark. it's
1: it's out there now but mark we'll, we want to check in again good good luck with uh you know finishing up your personal quarantine and then we we can't wait to hear what the experience is like as you're uh Literally bouncing around the bubble. So uh, appreciate the time. This was tr- tremendous insight, and wishing you nothing but the best.
0: Uh, all likewise back at you on everything. Appreciate the time. Enjoy talking hoops. Good to hear your guys' voice, and yeah, much love to you and yours. And
1: hope you guys continue to to get through this ordeal. BJ, great stuff from Mark there. Uh, obviously, so much to do to get to the basketball. The NBA schedule makers have given us this incredible run of matchups and teams and players and all these things we want to see um, quickly looking at the schedule and how it starts off. What are you looking forward to watching the most?
2: Well, living out here in LA, my good friend, Eric, at the beginning of the season, everyone was saying the following, the conference finals could be in Staples center. well, Let's move that south <laughs> and say it could happen in the bubble in Orlando. No one said that at the beginning of the season,
1: and Let's I'm really looking forward.
2: I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I still think and still feel that they are both of them both l a teams are still the premier teams in the conference, and um there will be lots of competition, you know the Denver nuggets, the Houston Rockets certainly feel that they are there. And there will be, you know, in the Eastern Conference, you have the Celtics, um, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Toronto Raptors. And of course, we can't forget the Milwaukee Bucks. And but I'm really looking forward to these two teams matching up. I think the energy is still there. Both teams feel that they have an excellent opportunity to win and the Clippers are coming. So i'm looking forward to that matchup i'm looking forward to the coaching matchup coaching matchups i'm looking forward to the individual players Kawhi leonard versus lebron james lou williams and the other guards of course anthony davis montrez harrell i'm looking forward to all of this and of course our good friend patrick beverly he is going to stir the pot He's got, oh, yeah. his he's got his white T he's got his white tees ready and he set the tone at the beginning. So this is going to be fabulous. I think it's going to make for great theater. But more importantly, both of these teams are they're excellent teams. I think they have both constructed their team for this championship run. It's a unique set of circumstances, and uh, I can't wait to watch.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned pad bev and then looking at the Lakers, knowing there's gonna be no I mean, Rondo could come back when they're deep in the playoffs, but no Bradley out there. And then you've got Pat Bev on the other side. And it's just those, those little plays from these guards that make a a big difference. And of course uh, the game of chess, that's going to go on. Uh, You and I are both huge fans of doc rivers. What do you think his main message is going to be to the Clippers neutral court, no crowd, it's, it's just going to be so different from what we've seen. Doc is such a mastermind. What's the Doc Rivers message for the Clippers going Disney World, not just playing the Lakers, but trying to win a title
2: during these circumstances? Well, Doc is the master of motivation. And when you have a setting like this, where you're going to be basically playing on a neutral court, the key is to make sure that you can play as a group the entire time and what I mean by that is defensively you have to stay connected and a Doc Rivers coach team defensively they're always going to be solid on that end but offensively you can't depend and play isolation basketball for the entire time if you're going to go deep in the playoffs and to me that is going to be the trick of how you're going to win this tournament I'm looking at it as a tournament I'm not looking at it as a traditional you know, seven game series, like we've come to expect in watching NBA, especially playoff basketball in the NBA. This is going to be a tournament. There's going to be a different flow, however, that's going to play out. And the team that sticks together, that's going to play selfless basketball, will have a significant advantage under, um, you know, this environment that we have and and one of the reasons is because the teams aren't going to be in great condition. And defensively, that is the one thing that is necessary. You have to be in condition to play defense and the ball can always move faster than the individual, than the players. And if the team can move the ball, share the ball, play selfless basketball and do those things, I think it will give them a, a significant advantage. And the reason I point out the Clippers is because they have multiple scores. They have, Kawhi Leonard can get you 20, 30. You have Paul George, you have Montrez. And of course you have one of my favorites, Sweet Lou. Sweet Lou is he can get you 30 in about 15 minutes. So they have a lot of different players that they can go to. And as long as they you know, move the ball and, and do some things, and we can't forget, they they got the one of the, uh, I think Marcus, you know, Morris. Yep. And he's a very capable player. He was having a very nice year. Uh, this year, great, great you know, pickup uh, for them. More two pick way, up for them. more two way depth for sure. Yes. And uh, former Celtic. And so I think he will fit in very well, gives them, give them an opportunity, gives him an opportunity to kind of integrate. And uh, this is a team that to me could really play, you know, at a very high level in this type of environment.
1: The, the depth is really going to help them as teams are trying to play their way back into shape um, you know, whatever doc's philosophy is going to be with rotation. And, you know, you know, when a coach turns to the bench and says, all right, go give me the best four minutes you've ever played, you know, that type of thing. Like, um, it's going to be interesting to see how he utilizes all, all all the parts. Um, one more thing before we wrap, um, besides, you you know you, you hit on Philly as a team that could really pull a one eighty here and turn it around. Is there another team that we know is a, a good basketball team, but they've been under the radar a bit that you think could make some serious noise once the playoff starts? Somebody we haven't talked about. You know we've talked about we you know we've, we we know the Celtics and the Raptors and the Bucks are um, are teams that could go deep into the playoffs. We, we know the the teams in the West. Uh, that we've had as favorites. Who in your mind is a team that could be very dangerous that we haven't talked about?
2: Well, there are actually two teams. Um, I, don't wanna, I don't want to forget the Toronto Raptors. Once you win a championship, you are battle-tested and you have a championship pedigree. For sure. And this team, how they have performed thus far has been nothing short of incredible. You know, you don't just lose a Kawhi Leonard and suddenly you're still in the in the running. They have all stepped up. They've played well. And Siakam has made another, you know, he's made another step in his game. But the team that it has really piqued my interest, and we've, we don't talk a lot about them, is the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets, you know, Jokic, you know, the way he plays, it's like he it, it has a certain charm. <laughs> you know, he was... <laughs> he was kind of yep. slow he you know he, he's like the fun guy he's like the guy you play as you as you mature uh, in, in, in in the game of basketball and well, he's now lost a ton of weight BJ. he's, he's lost the, yeah he's lost team. a ton of weight and it, you know I, i'm waiting to see if he still plays the game with that charm that you just admire because he's he's never moved fast but in saying that he looks in great condition i know he's just recovering from you know, the COVID-19, and let's hope that he is healthy and, and look like he's back and ready to go. But the Denver Nuggets, you know, they made a nice run last year in the playoffs. And this is a team that's young. Uh, they've always had an advantage of playing up there in, in Denver. And we'll see how this translates in this new environment. But they, they're deep. They have a lot of depth. They can shoot. They have uh, veterans out there. Uh, and Millsap and company, and uh, I don't want to forget this team because they have played very well, and they certainly have the capability and the, the personnel to make a make a deep run, especially uh, in the Western Conference. I'm
1: excited to see them play, and and one thing not to forget is they made that trade. They 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 traded Beasley to Minnesota. Uh, who's going to be a very good player, but that frees up minutes and development for Michael Porter Jr. And he started to show some flashes. And I'm very curious to see now uh, who he is after this hiatus, because he was starting to get into a uh, an interesting rhythm and had some really good games off the bench for them. So Denver's going to be very exciting to watch and uh, a nightmare matchup for whoever they face in, in the playoffs. And we'll see how deep they go. So, uh this was great today buddy. I feel like we we just got back into our rhythm here. Feels really really good. Um unfortunately we haven't had a chance to be in the same room with uh with everything going on around uh around COVID and and all else but I'm looking forward to being back on with you and uh continuing to uh talk the game, celebrate the game and and dig into this stuff. So good stuff That'll today. Do. All right my friend, let's do it. Great to be back. The Pure Hoops podcast rhythm today. Tremendous episode. Special thanks to our guest, Mark Medina, USA Today. My partner, BJ Armstrong. Producer, Mike Lieber. The one and only Bruce Bernstein. Editor, Benjamin Wolfen. And the entire Pure Hoops media team. Be sure to check out the Mike Wise Show each and every Monday. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams on Tuesday. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin on Wednesdays. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and her new show partner, King McClure. And of course, the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and yours truly, Eric Newman, dropping at the end of every week. We hope you have a safe and healthy weekend. Get ready for basketball. It's coming back. And of course, stay Stay pure. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.